everybody, and welcome back to the pre-production meeting. I am your co-host, Josh Urquhart. And I'm your other co-host, Daniel Kagola. And this is episode 48. And this is the podcast where we talk films, we talk film news, we talk film stories, we talk our films, and then we play around with some science experiment. Isn't that right? Dan, how are you this week, my friend? I'm great. It's been a very busy week for me, Josh. Yeah? Yeah. To do with your film? Yeah, I've, I've done all sorts of things. Um, I, I shot for the Arias as well. So oh, that was I saw that. That was in the entertainment quarter? Uh, the Horden Pavilion. Yeah, 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 yeah. So right next there. How was that? It was good. It was fun. Yeah? It was, yeah, good pay. Yeah? Um, yeah, can't complain. There was a, there was a lot of waiting around because basically, I'll, I'll get into it more in the progress, yeah, but cool. I wasn't one of the main cameramen. I was like a sponsored videographer. So I was, actually in, I was actually in the footage. Right. Oh, that's what Fetty said. I didn't know yeah, yeah, yeah. what I'll, the hell I'll elaborate on that. it a bit later, what we actually did. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Did you get to work side by side with Fetty? Um, yeah, I saw him like running around. I felt yeah. bad for him because he was, yeah, he, he was, was under the grill. So you both were doing different things. Yeah, yeah. And mine was a lot more chill than his was. Yeah, right. Fair. How long was the whole the whole process? Um, Like the whole show? Yeah. Well, like the thing is, it's so funny because they prep for like a week maybe even longer than that beforehand leading up to the show. Sure. And then the actual show itself is only like a couple hours. Maybe even like, I think it might have even been like 45 minutes. No. The whole show. I remember at one point they were saying it was that long, but I think it was a bit longer. Did you meet anyone? Yeah, I saw a few people backstage. I saw, um, you know, Richard Wilkins? Yeah, I do. I walked past him like, oh, okay. G'day, mate. It's it's interesting (laughs) seeing celebrities in person because they're, Proportions are never what you expect. Like he was really tall. Right. I was like, Whoa. Richard Wilkins. Yeah, no way. Yeah, good stuff. How about any like singers or anything like that? Um, Troy Sivan was there, oh, but yes. I didn't actually see him. I think nice. Fetty probably. Oh, I think Fetty was speaking to his parents at one. To point. Troy Sivan, <laughs> yeah. of course he was. Fetty yeah. talks to anybody <laughs> that he can. Yeah. How about your film? How's that going? It's this good. Week? Yeah. I've been is that where most your Bible? That's where most of your progress has gone. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, it's coming along well. I'm pretty pretty happy right now. I've been I've been waking mm. up in cold sweats, like thinking. He told me that. Does the story work? Oh. Where am I going to get my locations, my actors? So have I. Except a uh, different reason. I woke up just terrified this morning. I'm like, oh fuck! I just had a terrible dream that Dan tore apart my new script, <laughs> and then I remembered <laughs> it actually happened yesterday. So uh, you asked for it. Yeah, I know. To be fair, I did ask for it, and uh, I d- I am feeling a lot better about it today because I talked to some people about it. But um, we'll get to that. Yes. Dan, today's a special one. Yes, we've got another special guest today. We what? know you guys love those. <laughs> so let's get straight into it. Today's guest is a writer and a script supervisor who's originally from London. And she's currently <laughs> making waves in the Australian film industry. She studied at the Lancaster <laughs> University in England before going on to work as a script supervisor whilst working other jobs in order to get by financially. She's worked on projects such as the British action film Renegades, Australia's Heartbreak High and the upcoming Australian version of The Office. She's written a multitude of short films and feature wow. length films, one of which I have currently picked up myself to direct and oh. it's currently in pre-production. Get what? excited for that, guys. <laughs> nice. Everyone, let's give a warm welcome to Anya Valentin. Woo! Hello, hello. How are you today? hiding here the whole time. How are you? I'm very well, yeah. Um, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. I'm flattered. This is this your first podcast? It's my first podcast ever, so yeah. wow. a moment in history. Yes. Thoughts on the podcast location? It's not what I expected. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's a massive pub and yeah. they seem to have just had like an extra room and they're like, well, we don't know what to do with this. Room, yeah. yeah. And you know what? Stick the, a bunch of mics in here. You know what the kicker is? It's free. 
Yeah. You're joking. <laughs> Don't yeah. tell people that. Oh, though, shit. They'll start yeah, you can beat that out. <laughs> yes, um, we'll bleep out the location. <laughs> That's why you guys dragged me all the way out here. Okay. It all makes sense now. Oh, Got crazy. How, how do you guys know each other? I think that's a good good place to start. Where did we first meet? What set was it, it on? I think it was Jack's film. I no, think it was no, 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 no. It was definitely before that. Shout really? out Jack. Yeah. That was, I think sure? that was the I second think that time. Was no, it. No, 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 it was before that. I think I'm you're wrong. Think. Yeah, because that seems very fact. recent, right? Yeah. Are you no, talking about the was, father? It was. Yeah. It yeah, was yeah, yeah. I, I think that. it's that Dan's having a mental. It'll line. come back to me later. <laughs> yeah, right. We definitely had a lot of mutual friends before we met. Yes. Sure, it's okay. interesting because yeah. you know how I went to AFTT and then I went to yeah. JMC. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. I have two different circles and I'm sort you of. You do? Merging those yeah, circles yeah, together, yeah, yeah, introducing good. people. So it's so really cool in that. You're from AFTT, right? You're not, right? but like no, I feel I'm like you know the people I know from AFTT, like I've Jack. I've just and been other. networking yeah. like crazy. I'm I'm didn't go to uni here. I'm from England, so yeah, I've yeah, been yeah. here for like a year and a bit. Yeah. Um. Just in that time, yeah, I was just making friends with everyone because you've only been here for a year. That's all it is. Yeah. Your accent is very like. Like I would oh, say seventy yeah. percent Aussie, thirty no, percent UK. Knows. It's really? like I've been here That's my entire crazy. life. That's crazy. Yeah, I think her accent's very English. That's nuts. It's weird when I first meet an Aussie, I'm like full like fucking bogan, and <laughs> yeah. then like the more I get to know someone, the more I'll like settle back into my accent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just because I've been with an Aussie for way too long, and he's tainted yeah. me. And I'm just a bit of an accent queer. Because my dad's Canadian, so I also have like a bit of an I was North about American to say. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. Know. yeah, yeah. Can, can, can you say out and about for me? Out and about. Okay, so it's not That's very Aussie, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was boot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not oh, quite. Fair enough. So he's from Canada. And whereabouts are you from yourself? I'm from London. From London. Yeah, North London. And what's your story like? Give us a rundown on that, I reckon. What like? Yeah, just from like move it. <laughs> why you move it over here? Like, what stuff sure, were you doing in sure, London? Sure, Yeah, born and raised in London. Um, I didn't really want to go to uni, but my mum talked me into it, and I was like, if I'm gonna be doing something for three years, might as well do something I'm gonna enjoy. So, kind of did film on a limb, not really thinking making it in film was a possibility. It was very much like mm. a pipe dream, just like a nice thought in mm. my teenage brain. Mm. Um. Went to Lancaster, which is northern England. Not at all very reputable, but they had a really good film course there. Um, so I did film and creative writing for my first year there. Then I did a study abroad in Colorado, which was oh my phenomenal. Um, getting to have that full college experience. It is exactly as they depict it in Hollywood movies. Really? Uh, they are not exaggerating. It's like wild. Like parties and stuff. I fully got roofied and the whole oh thing. My like, oh my goodness. Yeah, it was, it was a whole experience. I was like, you have to get roofied once. You know? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, battle happened. Holy shit, yeah, right. <laughs> it was like such a fun time. Would never live in the States, but such oh, a fun year right. of my life. Um, and yeah, started writing scripts there. Um, and then, yeah, I did my last year and that was when I did my first ever proper on-set experience. I did like a one-week um, short film shoot. And basically it was a PhD student who was like fully established in the industry. She just wanted to shoot this thing for her PhD and had a few roles left over that she didn't want to pay people for. So she was getting some students to do As the roles goes, and one yeah. of them was script supervising. And I thought because script is in the title that it would have more to do with writing. <laughs> yeah, That was a lie, but I found <laughs> that out way too late. Uh. Um, so I got the gig and I sort of called um, a woman who was like in a roundabout way, a friend of a friend of a friend. 
an amazing uh, script supervisor called Sue Miller. God, I'm going to get that wrong, aren't I? Anyway, she's like such an industry legend. She's worked with Stanley Kubrick and like wow. insane stuff like that. She was My kind Lord. enough to just like call me over Zoom and have like a two hour crash course on like what is script supervising wow. in order to prepare me for this one week shoot. Oh my God. Um, so I did that. Yeah. Right. Um, and then I graduated and then I moved back to London thinking I would be doing running jobs for like five years for free. Yeah. Mm. Um, but it was just when COVID was ending um, so I graduated at kind of the perfect time in terms of um, London absolutely blowing off. Well, the whole UK really had been as busy as ever in history. Yeah. So um, my first ever paid job was on an action feature. <laughs> and that was the second set oh I'd ever been on. <laughs> so How was that experience? Oh, I learned so much. And the thing is, the director, he was super experienced and he was totally fine with the fact that I was such a newbie. That's great. And he really kind of just took me under his wing and That's trained fantastic. me up. Yeah. So, yeah, over the course of that shoot, I learned <coughs> so much, more than I would on anything else. And I got to work with some big actors. Danny Trejo was in it. I didn't what? meet Danny Trejo because they'd shot his scenes in L.A. But um, Lee Majors, <laughs> who was a big star back in the day and, yeah, yeah all these sorts of cool people so yeah it was really like a, a pinch me moment um was and that, yeah was that in the uk that, yeah, that, that action film so it was like a co la and oh uh, yeah international co-production co yeah, yeah something somewhere. like that so they'd shot a few scenes already when they came over all right you said you never moved to america or lived there sorry me and dan have had this conversation over the last couple of weeks mm. yeah i'm i'm the same as you i don't know about you i don't know if you ever gave me a proper answer on whether I would yeah, want to move yeah, there or yeah, not. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever move there permanently. Yeah. And is that the same for you? And why? Well, I am conflicted. I yeah. like I do have a very romanticized view of New York City. I've never been. I think I would. <laughs> I think we all maybe do, just visit fair. there and then make a judgment. Yeah. I would say. Have yeah. you been? Yeah. You have. Yeah. Well, it's well, not as good as it made out. It's a big city, but like there's trash everywhere. Yeah, yeah, but London's like that too. London's pretty. I guess. Just get yeah. high up in a sky skyscraper. You don't see the ground. Yeah, everything's <laughs> so expensive <laughs> there as well. Like you pay so much yeah, just for a true. tiny place. Yeah, as shoot. you learned in London recently. Oh yes, as well. yes. <laughs> everything's like double the price. It's, crazy. it's horrible. Yeah, it's right. much nicer here. So, so if you were to move to America, it would be New York. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Not um, LA or anything like that. No, I hear nothing but horrible things. Yeah. About it. Like, I'm, again, I'm really curious just from an industry standpoint. Mm. Um, but the things I've heard are nothing but horrible stories about everyone being fake and yeah. just wanting yeah. to climb the ladder. And it just doesn't seem like a very nice place to live. Dan hates Americans. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm English. We hate Americans. Yeah, I'm joking. We hate Americans. <laughs> Uh, I think I think like the reason it's such a big dream and aspiration for people is because it's the main hub of film in the world, right? Mm. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's the place that everyone wants to go to. But as you said, I don't know if it's everything it's cracked up to be. But do yeah. you think that you can establish yourself as a successful filmmaker somewhere else in the world? That's what anywhere I was else yeah. In the world? yeah, exactly. I think that if you asked me like 10 years ago, probably it would not be the case. 10, 20 years ago, sure like you'd have to go to la to really make it in hollywood mm. but i do feel like film has changed so much just with technology and streaming services yeah for things. sure I, I think it is a bit of a hoax when people say you can't make it if you're not else. in la yeah. yeah and there is so much work in london there's so much work yeah. in the uk in general yeah. like 
not necessarily a flawless place mm. to live, but you definitely don't need to be in LA. I've heard it's much easier to get gigs over in London. Like my yeah. one, one of the actors that I recently worked with, he said the London scene, especially acting, there's just there's a lot. There's a lot of opportunities. Is that the same for like crew and stuff like oh, that? Oh yeah, it's just like ten times bigger the industry there. Mm. Um, yeah, the the way I explain it to people is like, yes, you'll get more work in <laughs> London, um, but it's highly competitive, and yeah. you have to deal with living in London, and that's yeah. horrible because really? it's kind of on fire at the moment, um, and it's very expensive, and living there is kind of impossible unless you're mm. really rich. Um, I was lucky enough that my parents lived there and that I honestly think if they didn't live in London, I wouldn't have been able to get any work in the UK. Because I have friends who tried to move to London to make it work in film. Uh And after like three months of paying rent, they're like, I cannot afford to live this dream out and that's it. Um, It's just, yeah, it's just really tough living in such an expensive city because minimum wage is trash and Mm. then rent is like five times the price of it is here so like i wouldn't recommend it from a mental health standpoint (laughs) put it that way but if you're up for a challenge go for it it's a really fun city i want to do that i want to go to london try my hand i think at one point at least for a couple just give it a go yeah give it a shot yeah i definitely recommend going and seeing what you think because it's so fun um like the the nightlife in london is amazing it's so vibrant there's so much to do there yeah. like for a young person you will never get bored sure in london it's yeah. not like sydney where it's like a glorified retirement city. yeah it's so <laughs> true i love hey. sydney i'm not i'm not bashing on it but yeah. um, i yeah, think it's very different i think sydney is a great place to raise kids which is another reason yeah. i'd sort of want to live here with a family and yeah, stuff i agree mate. but yeah, yeah in terms sure. of being a young person looking for things to do and like living out your dreams is probably not the best yeah yeah look i've fallen in love with sydney but i think that's because i've had those other experiences yes you know definitely but i also like the fact that it's like a quiet sort of safe home base yeah because then you travel to somewhere else and you're like well this is amazing and then you come back whereas like you know if you lived somewhere like i don't know europe or south america whatever i feel like you take some of that stuff for granted yeah and then you might come to australia and be like oh this is boring also i think you say that because you've built your kind of network in Sydney and you move away, you move, you kind of lose that network. Yeah, of course. All yeah, all my friends and family here. And now like that I'm breaking into the industry, I'm meeting yeah, so are. many industry people here. And like, you know, that <laughs> you have to restart if you move somewhere. For sure, mate. Yeah. something to consider. How, how does the industry kind of differ in London compared to Australia? I don't think it differs that much. Yeah. Um, the way that sets work is very similar. Mm. Um, I think that... Um, the the distinction between cast and crew is is much bigger in England. Um, like I, I was very yeah. scared of actors being in England because they're Why? treated um, differently. They're treated like they're better than crew. They right. have their own toilets. They eat different food to us. Here, it's not like that at all. I think Everyone's it's a, it's a cultural thing here. Like even some big names like Australian actors that I've met here, they're all just really down to earth. There's yeah. no egos on them. And I think no. it's because in the industry, they're not treated any different. Sure. Whereas in England, they just, for whatever reason, Crazy. they like making that gap being right. like crew is dirt and <laughs> cast are like kings and queens. So yeah. right. I really that's been nice. I really like when people are all on the same level. Like, you know, you have lunch and everyone's going around chatting and just yeah. having a good time. Whereas like, as I'm assuming it's like in England, like it's very, it's a hierarchy and like certain people just stick to their cliques and, you know, camera yeah. department's not going to go and hang out with 
I don't know, sound or the directors or whatever. Absolutely. And I kind it's of lovely. don't like that. That's so. how it should be. Like, yeah. even on The Office, I was expecting it to be like that because that was the biggest budget thing I'd ever worked on. And yep. so the first day I'm there, we break for lunch. And I was genuinely shocked that they were all just having lunch with me and that they all took the time to, like, say hi to me and get yeah. to know me. Because I don't know, like, I've never been on a huge budget thing back home, but I just don't think it would be like that. They yeah. would be treated like little precious snowflakes and sort of, like, charted off before yeah. anyone could <laughs> touch them. So Totally. Yeah. So you, you've chosen Sydney as your base one way or another. What What – what is it about here particularly, especially for the industry? What do you see in kind of like Sydney for the future of the industry going forward? And like, what, what is it, how has it kind of drawn you here specifically? Oh, well, the industry isn't what drew me here. Yeah. It was very much my, my hubby. Um, right, right, right. So we planned on living in Perth of all places. Uh, thank God that didn't happen. Yeah, and he got a job in <laughs> Sydney. And so we ended up driving across the country. Sure on a seven day roadie, which was super exciting. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was it was very much um, for that purpose. And okay. I was just glad that that happened organically because obviously the industry here is much better than over in WA. Sure, um, okay. But yeah, if I was to guess, I would say that things here in Australia generally are just on and up. Like, yes, it's underdeveloped compared to England mm -hmm. and America, but um, I do think the only way is up. Because in general, there's just more work in film than ever before. Like, streaming so. services have oh. really changed the game, and it's just growing everywhere. Yeah. So it's just a matter of time until it becomes more developed. So, yeah. It is nice to hear some optimism around that. It is, 100%. You just always hear yeah. people, like, shutting it down, being like, but oh, it's not... I truly think before COVID, it was that view. Yeah. And now after COVID, because people were coming yeah. here because yeah. we were the only place that was allowing people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after COVID, it's like we've kind of capitalized on that momentum a bit. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure, I, I mean, I'm not 100% sure. You guys can fact check me. But like Netflix are putting their like HQ, they're building one. I swear I've mentioned really? this before in the entertainment quarter oh, or somewhere really? in Sydney as one of that. their main HQs. And that will bring so much jobs yeah. and stuff like that into the industry. Um, but yeah, you mentioned The Office. Now I'm a massive, massive, massive fan of The Office. The best yeah. show of all time. The American time. version? Yes, the American have you version. Watched the English? I have. Uh, it's just different humor, I it guess. What um, do you think of the English Office? Well, oh, that's a good one. Oh, I. This is where I confess that I haven't really seen much of either of them. Um, I yes, <laughs> <laughs> flip the table. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I have seen like a handful of episodes of the US one and probably one episode of the <coughs> UK one. You know what? So I'm actually the exact same. Yeah. What the fuck am Sorry, I doing here? What on earth? <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, I said to myself, like, when I got the job, I was like, I'm going to binge the whole thing. Yeah. And I was lazy and I didn't do that. So, <laughs> right. yeah, sorry well, about that. No, that's all right. <laughs> I, I, look, I'm very hesitant and same with a lot of people that I let speak to about the Australian version of The Office. Now, yeah. I know you probably can't say much, but... Is it good? <laughs> yeah. Look, a lot of people have asked me that. Um, uh, I was so privileged in getting that job because how did you? Um, oh, cold emails and hustling. Um, right. So when I first got here, I just emailed everyone and anyone. Um, and I emailed all the script supervisors in the country, okay. which wow. was not a lot of people, I'll be honest. Yeah, wow. um, 
And one of those people was an incredible man named John Duong, yep. known as John Tenuity. Nice. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. John Tenuity. Iconic. <laughs> anyway, he, um, yeah, he, he emailed back and it was one of these uh, moments in your life where you're like, the planets just aligned because I was working a horrible bakery job, being very depressed and like I had been out of work for a long time, working on short films for basically no pay, being like, maybe films just not for me. Yeah. Um, And I was coming home one day from a horrible shift. I was probably covered in like grease and flour and all sorts of (laughs) things from this bakery. Um, and I was walking home and I look at my emails and John has gotten back to me being like, yeah, I might have an assistant position for you. I literally ran home to my boyfriend being like, Lockie, it's happened. It's finally <laughs> happened. Um, so yeah, I was like an attachment to the script supervisor, John. Right. Um, and it meant that I basically got to just sit with him in front of the monitor for the entire show, which That's is incredible insane. because I was one of the only people on set that actually got to watch all of it from the start to finish. Yeah. Um, and I can safely say that it is genuinely hilarious. Awesome. Um, the problem, I think, that well, not the problem, but the concern <laughs> is like, I believe it's funny. It's just whether uh, Americans <coughs> and Brits yeah. actually take the step to be like, oh, maybe it's going to be good. I'll try that first episode. Yeah, like if right. people watch the first episode, I think they'll be blown away, but it's just whether they'll be curious enough to actually yeah. go and do that, which is what we have to be hoping for yeah all right yeah i'm very hesitant but i'm i'm optimistic yeah look felicity ward is an absolute dream she is a comedic genius like seriously as well as being just one of the nicest people on the planet she's such a powerhouse so yeah do you want to lead into the next topic or whatever we do yeah sure i just wanted to ask you another question so I don't, we haven't actually defined what a script supervisor Ooh, is yes. for the uh, listeners. Absolutely. So do you want to just talk a little bit about what the role entails? Yes. I'm here mostly to just represent my script supervisors Hell who are yeah. very un- misunderstood in this well, industry. You're the first one we've had on the show. So yeah, because there's like five of us in the whole of Australia. <laughs> yeah. That's good though. Less competitive. Yeah. At least you're yeah. not like an actor or a DOP or something. Yes, that's true. I'm no not offense. an extra. <laughs> yeah, <it's been> <laughs> I can't be replaced by AI yet. Um, <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming for us all. Yeah. Um, yes. So basically a lot of people call us continuity because a lot of our job is continuity. But a lot of script supervisors get very touchy about being called continuity because it's really? quite reductive. Okay. Because, uh, yes, a lot of our job is keeping track of continuity, but it's a lot more than that. So there's really no simple way of explaining what we do because we do a million things all at once. Um, but I like to describe it as we're sort of like the um, the representative of the editor on set. So we're constantly watching the monitor. We're constantly sat next to the director um, and just sort of thinking like an editor on how things are going to cut together. And yes, that can be, you know, whether the actor raises the same hand every take when they pick up a glass or whether the hair is behind the ear or not on each take. Um, But it's also thinking about the wider story and whether it makes sense logically. We're another person on set that the director or the writer can consult in terms of story questions. So people say that it's under the line and it is under the line technically, but it's kind of as creative as you want it to be. Like Mm. if I want to make a coverage suggestion to the DP and you have a good relationship with a DP, you can 100% suggest things. And it can't, it doesn't have to be like, um, 
oh yeah, well we have to get this shot so that this gag works or so that we've covered this actor, it can really be as flexible as you want it to be. Yeah, so sure. if you want to, you can literally just sit there and be making your editorial notes. And often that is the case, especially if you have a very dismissive uh, director. Um, but if you have a good relationship <coughs> with your crew, you can really be quite important on a film set. So, so yeah. how do you sort of keep track of everything? Because there's so many different elements that you just described that you have to keep on top of, right? How yeah. do you, do you sort of have to categorize things and keep on top of everything? Or how do you go about, you know, maintaining that sort of focus on everything that you need to remember? Yeah, it's interesting. When I first did this, I really thought this was an impossible job and that like nobody on the face of this earth could do it because it's like genuinely technically so challenging. Um, but as I've done it, I realized it is kind of just a skill like anything else. Yeah. I'm really not an observant person by nature, <laughs> um, but it is just something that you learn to do. Like you are constantly scanning when you're watching for anything and that can be like if a prop's out of place if there's just something ugly in the background that's yeah. not meant to be there uh and then when you block and when you have rehearsals you're sort of watching to see for um continuity things that might be an issue so for if one actor is like kind of inexperienced and they're all over the place with their movements um you can just sort of gauge whether that will be a problem or not. And the more experience you gain, the more you know what you have to worry about and what you don't have to worry about. And if you know what coverage you're going to get and you talk to the director and the DP really closely about that, you know that you can let an actor be all over the place if you're going to get a tight or if you're going to get a cutaway of, of something else. Like a lot of it is just focusing on the things you do need to worry about for every shot and every sure. scene. Because if you try and micromanage everything, mm. that's when you just get overwhelmed and you can't do anything. It's about prioritizing what needs to be your focus at any one point. And do you sort of just know what those focal points are? Will the director say, hey, I want you to keep on top of this and that? Or no, God, no. Directors don't know anything about our jobs <laughs> most right. of the time. So you're just <laughs> sort no, of... No, it's, um, it's just something that you learn. Uh, like if you're doing a one you know you don't have to worry about continuity because you're not cutting to anything. Right. So you can have this gorgeous <coughs> one take and completely relax. And then you can focus on doing other things like making your editorial notes really detailed, um, things like that, or just helping the art department or any other department, you know, with whatever they're doing. So it's like knowing how coverage works, knowing how editing works. Um, and how you can just best help everyone else on set, basically. We're like a safety net for everyone else in the crew, just another set of eyes um, that can help people out. Um, basically, you hire a script supervisor to save time and money Yeah. because we catch all the mistakes that fall through the nets, and <laughs> it happens a lot. There are always mistakes. It, it sounds very important. And you know what? I think you made a good point. Like, we, I think, well, I don't know about you, but, like, especially me in film school and stuff, like, we, we rarely touch on any of those um like like script supervisor continuity like even like acs and stuff like that we don't touch on anything it's yeah. more so what do you do director producer and, and, cinematographer, not, and cinematographer right Sound a little but, bit. and like i i personally as well didn't realize how important a good script supervisor is yeah. until my most recent film which was a adaptation of a 1890s period piece and <laughs> like yeah, everything wow. has to be fucking perfect yeah. now um you did say what you in what you were just saying uh you've worked with some dismissive directors and i kind of want to build on that 
Has there been any horror stories from any sets, big or little, that you've been on, whether that be The Office, Heartbreak High, or any indie projects that you've been working on? Anything that you can say? Well, not really horror stories. Um, I do just assume that directors, firstly, don't really know what I do, which yeah. is fine. I mean, directors are often, um, you know, first-time directors or inexperienced, and that's, that's okay. Um, but the problem arises when they are inexperienced, but also... Um, egotistical or defensive because then it's like yeah. they find our jobs a little bit threatening. Yeah, 100%. Essentially yeah, yeah. when you, you, you boil it down, like our jobs, uh, it's basically just pointing out mistakes. Oh, yeah. And that can be really horrific on <laughs> yeah, set. Yeah, yeah, if yeah, you, yeah. If you going about it at a wrong way, like you never want to sound like you're telling someone off. Yeah. You have to have a really good onset demeanor. You have to say everything like it's a question, even if you mm. know something has to happen. Like if you see something that's wrong or, or you see something that's weird, you always have to ask the director like, do you think it would maybe be possibly better <laughs> if you completely got rid of that? And then you let them stew for a bit and they're like, mm, yeah, 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 that's no, perfect. you know what? And then they get to think like it's their idea and everyone wins. And we don't get any recognition, but that's okay. That's Have you sort of, of had to learn how to sugarcoat things? Oh, yeah. It's 100% <laughs> our job to do that. It, we yeah. kind of make everybody look good. Like we can help <laughs> actors get their lines right and get yeah. their continuity right. We yeah. can help the art department, standby yeah. art, standby makeup, all these people. And if you're good about it and you're tactful about it, you'll point out mistakes or you'll preempt mistakes in a way that's very discreet and helps everybody. Like mm. you would never, if you're experienced, you'd never shout out in front of everyone like, hey, you forgot the flowers on the table. It's mm. like, no, you go to the department and you discreetly tell your standby person like, hey, I think that should be over here. And then they're like, oh my God, of course, let me do that. It's like, it's very tactful. And I think that's true of any yeah. job on set, really. When you're working yeah. with personalities and you've got actors who are, you know, maybe trying to get into an emotional scene or something. Like, you have to do everything in a very sensitive and empathetic way. That's what I was about to ask because, like, I've definitely been in those situations when directing on set, like, a long-ass day and we just can't get this take right. And then uh, the script supervisors come up to me and it's like I'm already in that heightened state and they're, like, giving, like, opinions. And, you know, to find that line must be very, very hard. Oh, yeah, but, And, terrifying. like, what, what you just said, is it more – I don't I don't really know the best, best way to put it. Is it more empathetic that you try to express more than saying something's wrong? Like, how do you find that line, basically? Does that make sense? Oh, it's it's really difficult. Because it's different for every director. Yeah. Um, every job is completely different. The film I'm on at the moment, the director is such a dream to work with. Amazing. Like, again, she's never worked with a script supervisor, but she was completely happy to just like learn what it's like to work with me. She's like so happy with any suggestions or comments that I have. Um, but it, it is different. And it, it's, again, something that comes with experience. Um, and most of the time, you really have to pick your battles. Um, mm. If, if you're a type of script supervisor that's like just constantly in the back of the director's ear, that's mm. going to really aggravate them because yeah, the director sure. has so much to think about yes. at any one point. Yeah, yeah, Your yeah. job is really to make their life easier and not stress them about things that are ultimately really insignificant because mm. a lot of continuity stuff is actually not a problem. And when you first start doing this job, 
you're so focused on continuity that you're trying to make everything exactly the same Perfect. for every take. And that's not at all what we're meant to do. That's not at all how it needs to be. So if you're stressing everyone out on set over continuity, yeah. that's a really bad sign because continuity is nowhere near the most important thing that is happening on a film set. So. Yeah. Are you hyper observant of continuity when you watch a film and you're like, oh, that's not supposed to be. That's, <laughs> that's a good question. Yeah. yeah. If I've been working on set for like a few weeks, then yeah, it's hard to switch off. If yeah. I haven't been working for a while, it sort of fades away. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, if I'm on a job and I'm noticing something like I watched, um, I went to see Dumb Money the other week. Yeah. And, oh, this is terrible. I shouldn't be outing any actor. Do she's it. an actor in that. And <laughs> Who she's are very they? experienced. What's her name? <sighs> Go on. Yeah, she's not going to. They're not going to watch this. <laughs> it was, um, <laughs> We're filming a pub. They're not going <laughs> to. It's not even necessarily a criticism, but um, it was just, it surprised me from such an experienced actor. But Shailene Woodley in <sighs> one of these scenes is not. Shailene not Woodley, <laughs> shame on you. <laughs> she just, you know, her arms were in different positions for different shots oh, and right. that's something that no one nobody Yo. would notice but How i noticed <laughs> no no you know Physically. what and I, I, I saw this and I, I, I once learned about this and then I saw it physically if you're script supervising for Martin Scorsese you must feel so like expendable because he does not give a fuck about continuity yeah yeah but I'm, I'm sure not. like there are certain things that he would care about in terms of continuity Mate, you, right? you, like yeah, you yeah. see some have you seen Killers of the Flower Moon yet not yet um, no. like one scene you're right he's drinking something and then he cuts and then it's like he's not and then he's picking it up again <laughs> okay. it's so bad but you gotta oh, notice no. that like when you see an error in a film there's a million other errors that have been corrected you know what I mean Sure, but like it almost seems intentional. And I remember back to when I didn't somebody. Even well, I remember back <laughs> to when somebody told me that he doesn't give a shit about continuity. He edits for performance, not every mis- director yeah. is going to edit for performance. Yeah. Like every he, director. Yeah, I, I remember I uh, saw like a breakdown from an editor a while ago. Mm. Um, this editor that does like YouTube videos talking about sure. his craft, and he gave like a percentage of like how much you prioritize each thing. So I think at the top was like the performance is the most important. Yeah. And then it's like, um, oh, like story, like the emotional beats. Mm. And then um, continuity is like way at the bottom in terms of like yeah. when you're editing yeah. a scene, what you prioritize. And how does that make you feel? No, <laughs> that's absolutely how it should be. Yeah. Okay. 100%. Fair. Because nobody cares. It's like, it's very minor stuff a lot of the time. I oh. mean, I watched... Um, the Darjeeling Limited was Anderson's film. And there's a scene in it where uh, Adrian Brody's he's wearing this like bead necklace. And in the wide shot, it's like hanging normally. And then you cut to a mid and it's caught on oh, his collarbone. God, see that and shit would annoy so me. Obvious. It's incredibly obvious, mm. but it's like, who cares? You yeah. can still enjoy the film. Me. It's a gorgeous <laughs> film. I, I think if you're noticing things like that a lot, it, means there's an, a bigger issue with the film, which is that you're not emotionally gripped by it. Absolutely. Oh, because you're like, oh, oh. that necklace if is on the wrong place. you're hung up about like, that and yeah. that completely writes off a film for you, yeah. like Whoa. you are a very sad human. I mean, that, that <laughs> look, it added to me for the Killers of the Flower Moon, just why it was so shit. You know what I do <laughs> always look at though? I always, I can't not look at this. When you've got two over the shoulder shots yeah. and then you have the person like, Talk like the person who's not in focus talking. Yeah. You see, sometimes their mouth doesn't match up because they get the audio from like oh yeah clips yeah yeah. Like well, the person in the, in the foreground like yeah, talking yeah. to yeah. So I always just prefer seeing singles in films. Okay, like, sure, it's, sure, sure. It's just one person, and you can't really mess up the continuity of that. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, no, that that should annoy me. Watch Flowers of the Killer Moon and try. Flowers and of the Killer Moon. <laughs> the killer that, moon. What is it? Flowers Killers of the, of the Flowers. Killers. <laughs> oh, I hate that movie, man. Oh, shit. It deserves a better name. Oh crap. Well, yeah, I'll see it at some point. It's just bloody four hours long. I don't have that. Yeah. Time. we I'm saw it at IMAX. Terrible oh, movie nice. to see in IMAX, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I heard yeah. that at eight p.m. Oof, Ooh, that was brave of you. Yeah. God. And oh God, maybe if it was a bit more interesting, then I would have been fine. But yeah, like, you should have had some drinks with you or something. Yeah, we had one beforehand. Yeah. I think that, that probably f- helped us go probably to sleep. Probably made you more tired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me, it probably helped me get through the first hour before the inciting incident happened. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. 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 But absolutely. anyway, so script supervisor, in that word is script. You write your own as well, don't mm. you? I do. Yeah. I'm a writer as well. So that's really fun. Um, whenever I'm not script supervising, I'm writing. Do yes. you have a preference for script supervising or writing, screenplay writing? Um, yeah, look, it's only recently that I've really started enjoying script supervising. It was right. a long road to get here because it is just such a tough gig for very little credit and recognition. But mm. um, now that I think I'm getting good at it, I'm really enjoying it. So I wouldn't say I enjoy one over the other. Writing is one of those things I think um, I really was meant to do like I've I've always written as a kid and it's always what I wanted to be when I grew up was a writer so yeah I'd naturally say writer but I'd never give up um being on set because being on set is like nothing else and it's so addictive it's like a little adventure isn't it yeah so if I got to be a writer on bigger productions where they do get to be on set Mm. that would be just amazing um but on the projects I'm at at the moment um usually the writer's not there or it's the writer who is the director um so yeah I love being on set and therefore would never give up script supervising at least not yet damn very good would you ever direct any of your own films that you've written well she has yeah you have fantastic like two um yeah, I think at this stage I'm happy to not yeah. direct. Yeah, sure. Uh, mostly just because I'm stingy and okay. films yeah. cost money. Yeah, which I don't. Yeah, you find it out there. Yeah. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> I plead the fifth. Yeah. Oh man. Um, yeah, oh. like I think in the future I'd maybe want to direct my own films because sure. writer directors do just make sense. Um, yeah. But yes, I I really enjoy um, being able to write and then have someone else make it it's like a little surprise that was my next question i'm like writer director does make sense but what's the process for you of like letting go of one of your babies and letting somebody else kind of do it like this man right here is it hard to kind of let go it hard actually even when i really like a script i've written um i think because most of them have been shorts yeah uh, and they didn't take me long to write i'm like eh, have it like it's yours i don't really care like shorts you can churn out a short in like a day so it's like if people want more shorts i'm happy to have them just go and make my films please so i get more credits um, I think maybe if it was a feature that I'd spent ages on and mm. meant a lot to me, then it would be different. I've, again, never even written a feature that I cared about particularly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, fair, yeah, that's on the record. Fair Quite enough. Yeah, it's on the record. <laughs> <laughs> if you have <laughs> You can quote me on that. Uh, it's on my CV. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, I'm not very precious about my scripts at the moment, but that's probably because I've never really written something that... Um, was very serious. Mm. That's what sort of strikes me about 
barren because it's like I almost when you sent it to me, you're like, oh, I've just got a few scripts. Like, have a read and let me know what you think. Like, it was almost like a throwaway script. But then I read it and I'm like, this is so layered and complex. And any questions yeah, cool. I asked you about it, you knew the answers. It wasn't just like, oh, I just threw that in because I don't know why. Yeah, like you had like multiple reasons for why you made every choice i feel like you're extremely intentional with your writing and know how to make things very layered and also in such a short amount of time like it's a seven minute film and it's so layered and even now like (laughs) when i have these sleepless nights and things i'm like do i even understand this fully? (laughs) oh no really (laughs) yeah like i'm like do i fully understand all the layers of it like i'm still like i'm constantly breaking it down in my head and And constantly breaking down (laughs) (laughs) breaking it and myself (laughs) down I'm sorry that I've done that to you. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's not that complicated, Dad. <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> How is that partnership going, by the well, way? That's what I'm, I was going to say. I really like the fact that we're not just um, both you know, creative professionals working together, but we're friends as well. So yeah. we can sort of have these open discussions. I'm and really like, excited. Last time we yeah. spoke about it, like you, I said, I want to make a creative change. And then you were like, I don't know about that. And then we yeah. had a discussion about that and we can both... Yeah. figure out like how it'll work best and I really value your opinion so I'm not just gonna throw away what you yeah, say but then you also respect me as a director and the fact that like yeah. I can make my own choices about what the film's gonna be it, so yeah I think it's it works 100% really well. yours um yeah. I think unless you're a producer or something <coughs> as a writer once you hand it off to someone you do have to take a step back um like I'm having my spam film shot yes finally yes um and apparently he's changed the name and he's got all, all these cool What's people he changed on the it. name to it was called spam <laughs> yeah. which I love <laughs> it's uh, fitting <laughs> I want it to be spam with an exclamation mark yeah. like airplane yeah. like shazam but or shazam spam. exactly <laughs> you guys get it um but then we had some copyright issues. Oh, so, shit. So uh. because of Hormel Foods, who we did contact, uh. we like tried to ask for money and they were like, no, you're portraying spam as like this disgusting food. No, uh. we're not giving you money. <laughs> so then we had to change tack a little bit. Um, and then we played around with some other names. It was going to be like Monster Ham at one point or uh. Dead Meat was another don't thing. don't know about Monster Ham, but Dead Meat like it. sounds Dead good. Dead Meat yeah. had a bit of a double entendre going. Yeah. Um, I think the last I heard was um, the revenge of the spam. <laughs> so it's still got spam oh, in the title. Spam, yeah. It's a longer title. It made its way back somehow. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, yeah, but anyway, it's like apparently he wants to do animated sequences and all this stuff. And it's like oh. I stepped out as producer ages ago. God. So at this point, I'm just excited that it's happening. Yeah, and I'm like, nice. cool, you throw in all these crazy ideas. Animation. Why not? Yeah. So Animation's a pain. If yeah. Austin was if here, Austin was here. Like well, my dad's an animator, so I, I oh, know. Oh, really? yes. oh, perfect. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a slog for sure, and I never wanted to go that route Mate. ever. <laughs> well, Austin would share his pain if he was here as well. We were just talking about your spam movie, right? And um, look, it's very sophisticated stuff. I want to know if any, and I think this goes for all your scripts. How much of yourself do you put into these movies? Especially um, the spam movie. Yeah, I really am. <laughs> I am the spam in that film. <laughs> no, God, I don't think I put anything of myself in my movies. I, that's I not like, true. I'm, I'm silly. I like making people laugh. So I think that's the only thing I would say. I just like um, silly, surreal, weird, funny things. And that's... that's what about it, that, really. sc- that script I read that was sort of loosely based on your Yeah, okay, yeah. And that was a beautiful script. No, it is a bit of an exception. I think that's the only time where I've like 
put myself in that headspace of like vulnerability and like going through those emotions sort of in the same way that an actor would um, because it is loosely based on myself and Lockie. But even that, it's like, um, I don't know. Yeah, actually, no, I think you're right. I definitely was crying when I was writing it, oh. but I cry very easily. So that's Same. also not saying a huge amount. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's probably the only instance where I have um, put myself a little bit on the line. Are the best stories the most personal ones? No, I don't no. really subscribe to that. No. Fair enough. Well, Why my favourite film is like Die Hard and The Raid Redemption. Like, oh, The Raid. Austin again, if yeah. he was here. Fuck. I'm just a huge action nut. So, so is Austin. Yeah. I don't, oh, I don't think on, so. Hey. <laughs> I think storytelling is a craft. And if you're good at that yeah. craft, then it's going to be a good script. And yes, often it's absolutely gorgeous when people do put themselves in their scripts. But I don't mm. think that's the be all and end all of what makes a good Film. That's crazy, eh? Because yeah. we got told, especially me, through uni, like you have to put a piece of yourself in. Yeah, but like the thing mm. about uni is that the things yeah. they tell you sort oh, of mate, put you yeah, in a box. Fuck. They do. And it's yeah. like, I 100%. get why they give you those fundamentals mm. to start off with, but I think you really need to reach outside yeah. that. Yeah. I, I mean, I think they told us that because if you're stuck, that's the only thing you really know. No, right? I, yeah, like, I think it's like if you, if you start writing a film about like, I don't know, someone who's a detective and yeah. you have... And you're starting off at film school, right? It's sure. just, and you don't do any research, you don't know anything about it. It's going to come across as really fake, yeah, okay, like, yeah, you know, un uninspired and all that kind of stuff. Because you're just going to be going off cliches you've seen in movies and stuff. So I think they say write what you know because it's like, a, it's going to feel personal, like the emotions are going to feel real because yep. you've gone through that, sure. And it's yeah, and it's just going to seem authentic. Yeah, so I think that's. I think there's something to be said, uh, not necessarily about writing from your life, but writing. Um, in like a genuine way because yeah. a lot of people when you read their scripts you can tell that they're trying to be clever or they're trying to sound intelligent yes. and you can just tell that it's a little bit insincere yes. so I think when you write you have to definitely be yourself which mm. is difficult I think a lot of the time yep. and I think that is a big distinction between just writing what you know you have to write as yourself and you kind of have to know who you are and where you stand do you ever have to pull yourself up on that like you you might write a line because you think it sounds cool or like write a scene that like you want to be really emotional because i've definitely had that issue before where i write something to try and create an impact and then i'm like hang on this doesn't feel deserved because i'm just trying to force an emotion here yeah um i don't think i have that often but that is because i'm a very like meticulous planner Oh, like I know you said not, you yeah. um, you've recently been writing just like from your heart and <laughs> just on the go. <laughs> Tell me why that's bad. I, no, 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 no. It's something I really admire. Like I wish I could do that. I just know that I can't. Well, the I'll thing is stuck. I'm still trying to find my method of writing. Mm. And yeah. so like right now I've sort of tried to find this middle ground. Like I'm still in between writing this feature because I'm working on the short. Yeah. But when I get back to it, my plan is like, right. And this isn't the most efficient way, but it's what I'm, trialing yeah write the film like whatever just comes to me so i've written that draft then go through it again and then write a new outline based on what worked and remove what didn't yeah and then write it again yeah so. which i think is very smart yeah like that works beautifully because 
editing is easier than writing and if you at least have something yeah maybe it doesn't work but you can look at it and then figure out what needs to change i think it's because i just get so stuck in that planning stage and i'm so i'm yeah. always constantly tweaking it's things tough. and i never make progress and then yeah. that makes me just sort of give up so oh, i yeah. needed to Don't start worry, I'm like that too yeah. yeah what is your process like i mean i'm kind of in the same boat i wouldn't say i have necessarily honed it at all uh a lot of it is just sheer determination that I'm like, I need to finish this or it'll kill me. Yeah, right. Um, so you just find a way to get it done. Um, I, um, I like writing on commission because it forces me to have a deadline and to get it done quickly. Yeah. And I function much better under pressure than I do if I'm writing on spec. So interestingly, some of my favorite scripts uh, not my own ideas. I've written for other people. Sure. Okay. Um, That's really interesting. So I, I just landed a new job writing for another production company over in England, um, writing an action feature, which is super exciting because I never actually write in action, even though it's my favorite genre to watch. Yeah. Uh, because I write so that people will make my scripts and no one has money to make action films. But they have reached out and they want me to write this 85 page feature and so they've given me the treatment um and it's quite detailed and it's at that point all of the in my opinion all the hard stuff is done yeah like she's outlined (coughs) very detailed scenes and you know all the things that she wants in the time constraints that she needs uh and so it's really just me getting to do the fun part and actually taking the story and just writing it pretty you know organically so I find that much easier because I'm like you. I think the planning is the really hard part and it's where all the strategizing and the thinking goes in and and you can get really stuck on that. At least I do yeah. get stuck on that a lot because it's often just me sitting in a room like staring at my wall all day and <laughs> it doesn't look like I've done anything, which can yeah. be really demoralizing. But yeah. it's like I've literally just been imagining scenarios in my head all day and I must look like a crazy person. But like that's just what it takes a lot of the time yeah and do you have any go-to strategies for when you get that writer's block to get out of it um when you say writer's block you mean like patches of time where i yeah you're just you're just stuck like do you i don't know go for a walk have a shower i don't know whatever yeah um eat spam (laughs) yeah (laughs) what do i do i just go out and you know Forget about it. Like, I just leave it for a while. If you sit there pushing it, it often doesn't work. So I'll distract myself with other things and I'll come back to it another time. And like I say, a lot of it is just sheer determination. Like, I will force myself out of writer's block if I need to. Because (laughs) writer's block is is just insecurity and procrastination. That's all it is. That's true. So you just need to, like, crack the whip. And force yourself to sit down, and even if it sucks, just keep going. Mm. You know, so that's uh, see. This is why I I don't feel like I've ever dealt with writer's block because I prepare so much. If that makes yeah. sense, because I know absolutely every little detail of oh, what so I'm about to write. You're so good at preparing. Write. I don't know. You just yeah, as you said, you have an amazing work ethic. Mm. I think. Do you? Do you ever get distracted by things? Like, because for me, I really need to, like, I don't know, take my phone out of the room or do something just to, like, focus on a time. I, you know what? I think I let myself be distracted. Let myself be distracted for a little bit then go back to it. I don't know. I I feel like 
Or if you, well, for me especially, like preparing so many hours, breaking down treatments, beat sheets, character studies, all this stuff, by the time you get to the, that's the easy part. Mm. Yeah, I think, like, yeah, I think you're very part. formulaic. Like you figured yeah, yeah, out yeah, your yeah, process. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which doesn't work for everybody. Motion. Yeah, and Which I think for me, I'm yeah. still figuring out my process. Yeah, for sure. That method, that can be a bit frustrating to me because I'm yes. like, I don't even know how to go about this. Uh-huh. That's one of the reasons why I kind of prefer production to like pre-production because pre-production mm. sometimes like... And even even post in a way because production it's like all right we've got an issue let's just fix it like instant solution sure, you know what I mean sure. whereas like pre production's like I'm stuck I'm sitting here I can't think of anything and yeah. it can be like two weeks of thinking before you get that answer you need yeah right which I don't know can be frustrating for me and that can be the same for post like you're editing like the scene's not working I don't know how to fix it yeah and it is yeah. satisfying when you finally get there but I just I really like the momentum of production see bro it scares the shit out of me thinking of going write into a project and starting to write not knowing what I'm writing about and finding it along the way. I could yeah. never. I could yeah. never. I'm like that yeah. too. Yeah. But I also have the issue of like, I think I've explained this to yeah, you. Yeah, like yeah. you have an idea and you start writing it, but mm-hmm. then because I keep changing things, eventually it ends up being something completely different. For which sure. Sometimes is okay, but then sometimes you haven't really figured out what your story is actually about because it's changed. And then the so tone's all like, over the place. Yeah, and you're like, what is this? Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a favourite story that you've written or a favourite script or? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's a bit of an on-the-spot question, so you can take your time. I did really like my spam script. Yeah. It's changed a lot now. <laughs> 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 sounds really salty. Um, <laughs> I really liked spam. I, people seem to like Nullabore more than my other ones. Yeah. Which one? Is that the... The emotional one. Right, yeah, I really like that one. Which is interesting. I think, yeah, because it's personal. Like, as I told you, there was that one scene where I was like, this actually hurts my heart. Yeah. Well, that's good feedback. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't don't think I have a favourite. Ironically, I think the best feature I've ever written is the one that Dan has hilariously read, which is an erotic film. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, Structurally, it's gorgeous. Like, yes, there's a lot of sex scenes in it, but I think I absolutely yeah. smashed that script. No, it's so no pun it's intended. A good read. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Dan enjoyed it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> right up my alley. A bit too much. Oh. <laughs> I saw the trailer on your IMDb actually. Wait, what? There's a trailer out? Yeah, and they've changed the title. What's called it called? Christmas Party now. Oh, I'm really glad they changed yeah. the title. The oh, title they, you've not seen the trailer. Though. I didn't know they released a trailer. Yeah, it's, it's on the IMDb. It's on your IMDb. You click on it, it and then there's a poster <gasps> as well. I'm so and, excited. Does it look good? Well, they... <laughs> oh, oh, I'm so excited. Bit of a sure. For, look, for what it is, sure. Yeah. Oh, but it's super like, low budget. They revealed the final line of the script in the trailer. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Of course Which I guess they you, did. If you don't know what the final line is, it's fine. But yeah. I just found it funny because I'd read the script. I'm like, they literally show the ending. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, I can't believe they changed the name. Like, yeah. Mary XXXmas is a <laughs> oh! hilarious title. <laughs> <laughs> it is a great title, yeah. Christmas party doesn't quite sell oh, it. Yeah, that's, that's it sounds hilarious. too clean. For what yeah. That is so sounds funny. Sounds very tame. Yeah. Well, hilariously, oh, yeah. like when I sent the first draft off to producers, they were very complimentary and the only notes that they really came back with that yeah. weren't like clearance issues was like, I went way too far with the sex stuff. They very were graphic. like, 
guys, oh, you're gonna we love gotta keep Burn this at R18. <laughs> yeah, they were like, you gotta dial it back a little because this is just like straight up porn at this yeah. point. Yeah. We're going more of a 50 shades route and you've surpassed X, that. X, X. So. Yeah, and, and um, cause I knew I wrote a clean version after that, but I got to read the graphic version. Yeah, I oh, sent down yo. the I was like, version. oh, okay. <laughs> it's intense. I, I send it to people with like an asterisk of like, you're not allowed to see me differently as a friend after you read this. My goodness. <laughs> Yeah, it's I a need lot. to read this. Yeah. yeah, it's well, maybe you can watch it depending on uh, when. Yeah, fair enough. When did, when did you write that? That was a oh, that was back. like yeah, f- six months ago maybe. Oh, so recently. Oh, they had a fast. And th- they've already made it. That yeah, is a fast oh, turnaround. Yeah. Okay, ma- I mean maybe crazy. it's a bit longer, but this production company they just churn out Australia. This, no, they're based in Manchester. How are you yeah. getting all these? Like, is it from your connections from when you were over there? No, that, that one I touch? actually got from Mandy, which is a website that got bought up, or at least is with um, Star Now here. Yeah. So they're part of one big thing, and I wouldn't necessarily recommend getting Mandy because mm. I very rarely get work from it. But um, I've got some jobs from it, and that was just like a writer call out, um, and I, you know, sent them a couple of my scripts, and they liked my stuff. So. Yeah, I got the gig. So if people want to sell their scripts, what are the best kind of resources that you've found that help? And is it just connections or is there websites and stuff? There are websites. There are a lot of websites you can put your scripts up on. I just am not on any of them Mm. because you have to pay for them and I just don't think that would be worth it. I assume I'd lose more money than I would make. Yeah, sure. Um, So I'm very inexperienced with selling my scripts. It's just a few people who have done uh, script call-outs and I've had a ream of scripts that I send <laughs> and they've just happened to like them. So buy them. Um, I, I don't really have a strategy. It's uh, like a lot of things in this industry. It's just very luck and hit and miss based. Sure. So yeah, I've just been quite lucky. And then I got this new one because the producer of Mary XXXmas <laughs> is now, <laughs> I guess I shouldn't say Christmas party. Um, <laughs> she's now in, at a different production company yeah. um and she must have liked me so i was the first writer she contacted so wow yeah it's it's a, a lot of luck but then you gotta have actual scripts to yeah back yourself up so yeah all right that's awesome i i have a quick question it's taken a little bit back a little bit um but your were you a english teacher lecturer or something like that uh, so I did you study english in china right so you lived have in you, china have yes. you studied english what or do you like, mean? Like, oh, like, <laughs> like, like, I speak fluent. <laughs> no, 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 not that. Like, not the language English. Just like, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, in high school, right? Because I'm, 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 I'm gonna get to this. You said you didn't go to film school, right? How did you learn your fundamentals of writing? Well, That's what I was trying to get at. That yeah, yeah, gone. yeah. Well, I didn't go to film school, but I studied film. Sure. And when okay. I was in the States, I had uh, a really good teacher who taught a screenplay writing course. Okay, yeah. So I there learned most Perfect. of the formatting yeah. stuff from that. Yeah. Um, and then it's just a matter of reading scripts. And yeah. I'm really lucky as a script supervisor, my job is to study scripts. So I yeah. get to read very professional. Oh. And some really I was gonna shit say, scripts too. That, that must but, help. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
God, it's the worst <laughs> when you get a script and it's like in word and you're like, oh, this person doesn't that. know what serious? they are doing. Yeah, professional? I've gotten, that, I've gotten that too. No. Oh, no yeah, not, I was going to say, what? But you, but you occasionally get people that for whatever reason have found a bunch of money and they're funding a feature and you're yeah. like, well, okay, if you have money, I'll script supervise. And then you realize that they are yeah. completely in over their heads. Well, sometimes they're not, but most of the time they yeah. are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of it is reading scripts. Uh, and I would recommend if you don't know mm. how to write scripts, um, you can be a phenomenal prose writer, but you do need to learn the formatting yeah. or no one's really going to respect you. 100%. 100%. I'm big on formatting as well. Yeah. And I know I've talked to you boys about that. And we were talking during this week as well. You've got me into script books, like yes. hard covered script oh, books. They're nice. Cool. So I, well, I ordered the Joker script book, the Batman script book, cool. and what I thought was the La La Land script book, but instead, looking uh, after I paid 50 bucks for it, I went to oh try no. and order the Whiplash script book. And then I zoomed in a bit more and it was the same, you know, distributor as the La La Land. I'm like, hmm. Uh, music book and I'm like oh god <laughs> I go back to the one that I bought and I bought, had bought the La La Land music book oh, so is it no. like how to play the song yeah it's all the notes and everything like that yeah, sheet that, music anybody, yeah sheet music <laughs> if anybody wants to sheet music for La La Land I have an R copy they have to learn you. pianos exactly yeah. oh fuck that I, I know how to play so one it. song on the piano um, but yeah the the script book's amazing and then I, I told cool. I told mum to get me the, the Midsummer one from yes. A24 for yes. Christmas as well that'd be interesting script to read yeah, yeah. and you you know what was interesting? I read. I've got the Hereditary one. Oh, nice! And of course, that's one of my favorite horror films and yeah, films of phenomenal. all time. But it was interesting reading the script because I didn't think the script was actually that great. Yeah, like I read it and I'm like, if I hadn't seen the film, I would mm. think this is like it's average. So interesting Bro, how that then happens. The same with me when I started reading the Joker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's because they. It's so well directed yeah, and like yeah. visually stunning and like they yeah. just they know how to craft yeah, it into yeah, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's just a lot of scripts are like that. If if you handed me the script to Top Gun Maverick, I'd be wow, this is a pile of crap. But like <laughs> that film kicked ass. Oh, so immersive, sick. yeah. Perfect. And it's like because it's an action film and yeah. you have Tom Cruise and you have this like amazing stunts. Mm. It's like it, at that point it doesn't matter how horrible your dialogue is. It's true. like who cares? I think as long as you know what your intention is and, and you have a clear vision, then you yeah. can... I mean, it's yeah. not an excuse to write a poor script, but like... Well, it wasn't a necessarily a bad script. I think the story beats were all there. Yeah. It's just the dialogue was yeah, yeah, like... Yeah. Maybe it, it was come intentional. Off I don't know. It was like incredibly corny. Yeah. But maybe it was in a nostalgic way or something. I yeah. And I, oh, what did I read recently? I think I watched a YouTube video of something like breaking down like um, the dialogue in a film versus how it actually came out. Mm. Mm, and it was like, yeah. you could tell that because like certain actors um, know how to just deliver certain lines and make them yeah, sound amazing. Absolutely. But you could like, if that was not a capable actor, it would just sound terrible. Yeah. So it's like, oh yeah, you know, casting the right people ways. and just, as I said, having that intentionality. Yeah. For films. hundred percent. Like some actors you can trust to improv stuff and it will like 100% be better than what is scripted. Yeah. Other actors can just sell the worst dialogue you've ever seen because they're just that talented. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, you have to trust your actors. They, they can pull off incredible feats. Dialogue, three tips for writing good dialogue. Just go out and speak to people. Like, <laughs> it's don't not be antisocial. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I don't know. I just think you have to be generally a social, not necessarily social, but you have to just know how people talk mm. and that's yeah. it. Like if you're a bit of a weirdo and you don't talk to people yeah. ever, 
that's probably going to be a huge shot in the foot for you. Yeah. I don't know if that's entirely true. Yeah, what I you say about, about to say this. Yeah, because we've had this discussion this, yeah. that like film dialogue is not a complete replica of actual interactions with people. You know what I mean? It depends on the film, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously some films are more hyper-realistic in terms of their dialogue, but... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I think you have to sort of... Like, as I said to you, Josh, it's got to be optimised and it's, mm, it's a lot more efficient... Sure. Like people oh, go on sure, tangents yeah. in real life and they cut each other off and all that stuff. So I think it's a yeah, craft to course. really know how to like, how to make it cinematic, you know what I mean? And there's yeah. intention behind every line and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I'm not saying just slap on, you know, how anyone would talk in a ramble. Like obviously you have to be very selective, Yeah. Um, but you don't want your dialogue to feel completely sort of um, clinical Yes. in its utility. Like yes. you have to have it be wrapped up in all these idiosyncrasies and dialect stuff in order to actually sell it. Um, but of course, you have to be very tactful <coughs> about it. Like, don't have them say anything that doesn't really add anything to either the character or the story. Definitely. All right, there you go. Right. I think last question we'll end on before we go into our progress is wh- where do you like, where do you want to end up in the industry? Um, at the moment, I'm happy just script supervising and writing and just chipping away at both of those things um down the line maybe just focusing on the writing and letting script supervising go if i can make it as a writer and actually earn a living wage sure lol um, <laughs> fat chance of that happening. <laughs> i mean the strike you know it just happened and yeah it was like already it. hard though yeah it's not yeah. necessarily any easier for anyone writers just have it hard like even the ones that make it um you know, speaking to Julie Dufino on The Office, who is so talented, she's like, yeah, it doesn't matter how how successful you might be as a writer, you're always worried about whether you can get the next gig or if you can make money. Because I don't think writers make nearly as much money as a director or mm. an actor. It's like, we kind of get shoved Left away inside. a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but tentatively hoping for that. Sure. Um, and then maybe directing stuff in the future. Yeah, cool depending on if someone wants to give me money rather than me spending my own money. Yeah. That's my general outlook at the moment. <laughs> Fuck. Well, there you go. Good stuff. Well, speaking about spending money, Dan, what's been happening this week with you, my friend? All right. So as I mentioned before, I was shooting for the Arias. Yep. So I'll explain a bit more what I was actually doing. Sure. So I was supposed to be a PA with Fetty, mm-hmm. but they gave me a call and they're like, oh, do you want to actually be upgraded? Upgraded, huh? Got a better pay rate and then Freddy. Yes, fuck you, Freddy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and basically, Edit was an easier job as well. Yeah, <laughs> I felt so bad for Freddy seeing him run fuck. around like. Wait, so what was your title? So I was a videographer, but basically, what oh I was doing God. was um, one of the segments, like the hip hop segment, where the hip hop stars come on and do like a quick little show. Go on, do it for us. You, you're doing a nice, <laughs> very nice. Yeah. Oh, pretty yeah. practicing. Yeah. <laughs> So what we had to do, me and two other people, one of which I already knew, Bella Wild, shout out to you, Bella. Um, we they gave us um, go- the Google, the new Google Pixels, phones oh yeah, and and Keep a gimbal, it? and we just had to oh, no, slap no. the camera on the gimbal yeah. and then videography one hundred and one. Yeah, and then nice. literally just like follow these guys around on stage, and it was super easy, and it was like on stage. Was yeah. that why you were like on the actual feed? Dan's famous now. I yeah. know, right? Yeah, you can Arias, literally, if, huh? you, if you go and look up the live stream, you can actually see yeah. me. Well, I think stage. we uh, we were doing something for, I don't know if we had the rights to it right. like at 10, but I don't know. 
Continue. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was fucking, it was yeah, a lot, yeah, like yeah. an eight hour shift and I did about half an hour of work. Oh my oh God, my that's the dream. Because they were going to get me to do some runner work in between like the long gaps. Right? Yeah, Because sure. like we did a rehearsal and then it was just waiting and then the actual thing. Yeah. Um, and I was going to do some PA work between that. But then I think what happened was things really had started picking up and they were like, it's a bit too hard to onboard someone during this process. So like, you know, we can just chill and wait until sure. we need you for the video yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that was really oh, good. Yeah. That was really fun. And, and you were still paid like the original rate? Well, it was funny because... <laughs> <laughs> so what happened was... <laughs> what what <laughs> did you that? do? Oh, no, I didn't do anything. <laughs> no, so I came on as um, a PA at 30 an hour. And then okay. um, I got a call and they're like, hey, do you want to be a videographer? What are your rates? And I was like, Ooh. oh, Ooh, well, like, shit. I was like, oh, like I'm stepping it up here, but I didn't want to say something too large. I was like, oh yeah, I'll do it for like 50 an hour. No, and Dan, then, you gotta what? go high. Wow. Okay, Every well time. yeah, I learned that. And then <laughs> <laughs> I was like 50 an hour. She's how like- how much those guys get paid? Oh, I'll get to that. And then she's like, okay, cool, no worries. <laughs> and then when I get there- um, I would've froze, I would know what to say, bro. Yeah. Cause I, was yeah, it that's on the, the thing. Spot? I was like, yeah. driving somewhere uh, and then she's sure, like, what are your sure, rates? Sure. I'm that like, oh, tough. like, and I was, cause I was upgrading. I would have asked for more, but because I was upgrading from a PA raw, I didn't really know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was just 600 like, an, an hour. hour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I spoke to Bella cause she didn't know I was coming on the shoot. She's like, Hey, do you want to like come on this shoot as a videographer? I'm like, you wouldn't believe it. I'm already on it. She's like, no way. Nice. Um, and then she's like, oh, the rate is 80 an hour. I'm like, wait, I asked for 50 an hour. And she's like, oh. And then when I saw her, she was like, I actually originally asked for 130 an hour, but yeah, I brought it down right. to 80. And I was like, oh, damn it. Oh, um, and that was even that funnier. So you got paid for 50 well, an hour. Hang on, I'll get to it. Okay. Stop uh, jumping ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was even funnier because like, there was a third videographer there and then yeah. he was with another company. We're like, how much did you ask? He's like, oh, 40. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the poor guy. But no. he was with a company, so they would just pay according to whatever his pay rate is, oh, I guess. Yeah. But then um, I ended up getting a call after I'd finished and they were like, oh yeah, we're going to upgrade you to 80 an hour. But like for future reference, like, you know, you can charge a bit more. Like don't oh, undersell yeah. yourself kind of thing. Yeah, I'm like, that's yeah. really yeah, nice. You that's fucking so yeah. nice of them. So yeah, no, it was really good. Yeah, and then right. I felt... <laughs> I texted Fetty. I'm like, sorry, mate, you're still on 30 an hour. Oh. <laughs> to rub it in his face, huh? Yeah, poor guy. <laughs> yeah, I felt so bad. But um, yeah, it's no. still a great gig, though. Yeah, so. no, it was really fun. It was really good. Um, enjoyed that. So yeah. other than mm. that, I've just been doing pre-production for my film. Nice. Um, How's it going? Jack tells me you have a deadline vaguely now. Yes, yes. So we've set out some deadlines and oh, yeah. I was meant to meet one last week that yep. I didn't. <laughs> you're and I was like, uh-oh. It happens. But then... Jack raised a good point, which is that we wanted to shoot at the end of January, but he was like, because of Australia Day and stuff, that sort of general, um, I see. what do you call it, like time, yeah. people were on holidays and stuff. So he was yeah. like, I think we should push it to the start of February. Mm. He's also on then. a big job as well. So yeah. He yeah. can't even be free. Yeah. So um, I was like, yeah, no, that's actually a good idea. Just push yeah, it cool. back a week. And because we pushed it back a week, it gave me an extra week my deadline yeah. and we have already spaced everything out quite nicely anyway so yeah. that i do have a little bit of leeway but i also like the pressure of the deadlines because it motivates me yeah to work more. absolutely mm. yeah you need so deadlines yeah, yeah. Mm. so i've been working on that bible just i've been making some ai art oh that's nice like, you know, how cool is it i love like it just but sometimes it's hard to get what you want because you're putting mm. in the words and sometimes i'm using and they're journey. missing a finger yeah. Or yeah. they give you six fingers. Then yeah, always six, six fingers. fingers. Yeah, it's yeah. baffling, isn't it? Yeah. I think they'd figure that out by now. Yeah. 
Yeah. Give it give it like a few months and the AI will be perfect. Yeah. Are you paying for mid journey? Yeah, I am. It's subscription based. Okay. Like you know you can do it for free on Bing. Really? Yeah, bing.com forward slash create. Oh, is it as good? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Save Five fingers on Bing. <laughs> yeah, no, so that was... And sometimes it ignores like yeah. commands you put in as you well. You can do more in mid-journey though, I'm pretty sure. Like yeah, reference probably. to real life photos and stuff. Yeah. Oh, can you? Mm. I haven't used that. Lo- ask Lockie, he's a pro. Yeah, he is. He's great. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I've just been putting together the Bible, putting references, using Shot Deck as well to put yeah. that together. And it's yep. it's quite satisfying like actually putting together something that looks nice that you know represents your film and it makes it feel like you're actually getting somewhere. Yeah. But I just I want something that I can send to people yep. so that they know the feel and the tone and the style of what yeah, I'm totally. nice. trying to create. Yeah. Yeah. So what yeah. was the reference that you said uh felt similar? What was the film you said? When we were messaging it was a film that um I think maybe it was Ex Machina, actually. It was something along those lines. Did I say something about, like, the cinematography of Train's body? <coughs> I think I said that to you at one point. Yeah, maybe that was it. Do you know how it feels very grungy? Yeah. And, like, gritty. I love, yeah, I love um, those English films, like, 28 Days Later and all that. Yeah, how it feels yeah, very yeah. gritty and lived very in. I like rough that. around the edges. Yeah, yeah, I like that kind of style. But yeah, I think cool. I'll sort of blend that with, like, a little bit more of a polished look. Like, yeah. I want the style of that with the the wide fisheye kind of shots mm, and mm-hmm. some of the, but yep. then sort of a more polished look that you get in like hereditary, for example, yeah, where things are very so. precise and almost like yeah. Kubrick like. I guess it could go either way. Yeah. 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 So I'm it's trying exciting. to blend different worlds and I'll talk to my DOP once I have someone on board, but I just want to finish this Bible so that I can actually send it out to my HODs. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think pushing it back to Feb is good because yeah. I also have a busy December. Okay. And I want to, like do well, it properly like I usually do for 18 gigs. Yeah, yeah. So in gen, smash it all out. Yeah, Even cool. in December. Well, as soon as you basically, have, you've, have you locked off the script? You're not changing it anymore. The only thing I'll probably tweak is a bit of dialogue once oh, I bring on that. How dare he? No, no, I'm, I'm completely <laughs> I'm joking, on board with it. <laughs> no, I keep saying to Dan, like, please just let me know when you want a script amendment. Things I, always that's change. what I'm probably going to do. As soon as yep. I go through and figure out what lines work with them and what we're going to alter, I'll yeah. talk to you about doing one more alteration. Yeah. Hundred percent. There was even a line in there. I sent it to Hugo. Remember we saw him at uh, the father screening. Leaving. Hugo Weaving? Uh, no, not that <laughs> Hugo, sadly. <laughs> Hugo, he was oh, the yeah, yeah, gaffer. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, he, he read it, he really liked it, and he commented that like one of the lines we could do with that, and I think I which do one? agree with him. Um, I don't remember specifically which one. It was towards the end. Did he um, give any more feedback? Because I would like to see his feedback. That was literally all it was. It oh, was okay. like, love it, this line, bit cheesy. And I was like, I see it. Okay. So, because uh, I did think that about one or two lines as well, that it could potentially, but that's also yeah. an editing choice. Like, <coughs> yeah, you can course. film it, and then if it doesn't really work, you can cut it out. Yeah, um, yeah. Or just even with the actors, just see what works and what doesn't. Yeah, but I do. I think I agree with you. I think wavering on the side of less dialogue uh, makes yeah. sense. For no, 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 I agree too. His character, but yes, I'll have a look at it. Yeah, I'm just saying that if you do have the option, if you want to have the option there, you can always. Yeah. Absolutely, it's always safer to get more than less yeah. on the day. Yeah, but yeah, it's nice to have a script that is a shooting script that's going to be close to what you do on the day because otherwise things get very messy. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. And what about you, Josh? Oh, is that it for you? Oh, just the story. The sorry, the Bible. The 
Yeah, other than that, just been working. I've I've got I'm probably gonna have a Zoom meeting with Jack and John Looker on Sunday. What's John Looker doing? Well, that's what the meeting's about. Because Jack's been helping me push things along, but yeah, John cool. Looker, we haven't really allocated anything specifically to him. But okay, cool. I think I'm gonna designate some producer to him. <laughs> like a producer assist or something like that? Something like that, yeah. But I guess him and Jack will sort of co produce together. But Jack is like the at the forefront kind of thing. For sure. So. How's he going with it all? Has he started like, I don't Jack. know, like, yeah, like location searching or anything like that? Um, not intent. Like, because I, I have a place that I kind of like the look of, a B&B. Oh, and I also, f- like, last night I was at a uh, Macquarie Uni, like, film screening, like mm-hmm. the major projects, and I saw this one actor that I was like, he might actually be good for the lead role in this film. Wow. And, like, I wrote his name down from the credits and I looked him up. And then I realized I'm pretty sure I've worked with him a few <laughs> no years way. ago. Not, not worked with him, sorry. He was on an AFTT film and I met him. And yeah, he was yeah, a good yeah, guy. yeah, And I was yeah. like, I didn't realize it was him. Yeah, um, cool. So I might reach out to him because he might in. be a good option. Nice. So, But I also, yeah. I still want to do auditions and find someone oh, for good. Sure. And it's like, I have to cast so carefully because they're su- it's such a performance-heavy film. Like, yeah, it's tough. I mean, the male character is... It's basically two characters in one, and yep. the female character is a lot of range, a lot of emotion. Yeah. yeah, and then there's also some intimate scenes, so they have to. Yeah, that's true. Got to be, be able to do that. that. So, yeah, I, I definitely need to get like a safety intimacy op- coordinator. Or yeah, something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good stuff, mate. Yeah. What about myself? Yes, tell me about you. Well, <coughs> we're supposed to have the whole film done on sunday the film that i've been doing at the moment um yeah the mix which has taken young so he sent i gotta be careful how i speak about this um (laughs) but he sent the mix back and basically um nicely put it was wrong um (laughs) so we've i've just had to i had to go back and give him a whole page of like notes on it and I need it done by Sunday because that's when I'm going up to my editor's house to put it all together and lock off everything basically um, because the following week I've got to hand it into the cinema and they're going to do a technical rehearsal and stuff and then get it done. But, yeah, it's just been a bit stressful, mate, because I still haven't heard back from him about the revision. So, mm. yeah, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Um, may have to push back, not the premiere, because the premiere is on the 6th of December, nice. but I may have to push back the delivery of the hard drive. You know what it made me think of? The whole um, situation with the Rocker Rocker Boys, how they mm. got the wrong music and they were like stressed yeah. out to get Yeah, well, fixed. that's what I, f- yeah, I don't know. It's just a bit stressful. I, I don't really get stressed out, but now, I, you know, I'm not still not as stressed out, but that's it. And then once we just flop that in the timeline, that's done yeah, cool. then yeah and then that we've sold now i think 303 tickets very wow. good which i five passed the 300 which amazing. is what i wanted to That's get amazing. to which is amazing um so super proud of that and i still got people that want to come which is fantastic it, the the max is like 346 um yeah. so we still may get people that want to get tickets and did jack may, end up buying a ticket no he didn't okay I'll remind him because I think what he wants to come. He said the, the, the tickets are out to the public. So if yourself, you want to get one. Hell yeah. I'll come to that. 10 bucks. Oh, yeah, six of December. Heaps of people there. Yeah. yeah. It's always a fun Six time. of December, 10 bucks. It's going to be a good night. Very and good. Jay's working on the doco. Oh, like yeah. f- he's fully into it. Asking Great. for all these assets and stuff that he, he wants. he asked me about something as well. Oh, I was supposed to give him some yeah. audio. Oh, okay. I have to try and dig that. Yeah, up, so yeah, yeah. Right. And he's asking Lockheed. So he's going full in. Yeah, and he's yeah, like, yeah, for, I knew he would. Yeah. I knew he yeah, would. Yeah. Jay, who works out here, went to film school oh, with all of us. And I, 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 yeah. And, and I got him to do barman. be just 
go around and film like a BTS. Nothing massive. It's just a little fun. Uh, honestly, nice. I'd be happy with just BTS photos shown at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's put together like this little mini doco. Uh, he's warned me about the audio. It's not too good, but I don't <laughs> care. It's just something, something. to show after the yeah, movie. Because cool. we have a two-hour time slot in the cinema, so yeah. I'm, I may as well fill it up. Yeah. How long is your film? Uh, it is 23 minutes. Yeah, wow. 23 minutes, so we're going to do a couple speeches. We've got a couple video messages from people um, that couldn't make it, like that are back overseas or my composer who lives in Italy. Um, cool. And then we're announcing the next film, the animation's done basically we haven't i got like a little uh what's it called little title reveal animated and one of the guys that i worked on my the film that we're showing we did uh we've created this story um and i'm in the midst of writing it um and about to rewrite it because dan shout on it i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) kidding, kidding. you're actually so cut no i'm not i'm not i'm just playing because i asked you i asked you to do it and you did it perfectly um um, tore it apart, which is great. That's what I needed. Yeah. Um, but we're revealing that at the premiere and nice. then we'll finish off the night with the doco. So that's what Jay's working on. He's almost done that. I've got to pick it up from him in five days, I think. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's just stress trying to get this mix done basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, once that's done, that's that. And then, like I said, I sent the script to you boys um, and I, well, I sent it to you, Lockie and Osto. I don't know if Osto's read it, but you and Lockie both had basically the same advice um and then Lockie is funny because then I both explained to you the context and Lockie's like oh my god this makes so much more sense he's like this has fucking insane yeah, potential yeah, yeah. that's so, what I mean yeah yes, I see the potential there I think you and just need to clarify I, exactly and I sat down with my girlfriend this morning for about an hour and a half and we read through the script went through your feedback Lockie's feedback is and also and okay. also her own feedback yeah okay. um and I, it makes a lot more sense to me yeah. on the way in which to go about yeah, it now yeah. that's so good. That's good. I'm waiting till I get feedback from everybody and then do revisions I mean I understand bro Ozma had 21 drafts before yeah, exactly. the final shooting script. And so even that, you based it off something, you know. This exactly. is completely fresh. It's completely harder. fresh. And, I mean, the dialogue was just placeholder dialogue. I mean, it was, most of it is what I kind of wanted to go off, but a lot of it needs a lot of work. But, yeah, I, I am, I'm, you know, last yesterday, you know, you think you're ready when you tell the boys to break, to fucking tear it apart of course it's a bit it daunting. always hurts bro it, it, I know, it, it, I know. it hurts at first but you need it yeah you need it 100%. i i've been going back and forth in my head like different ideas on how to work around it and i think once i get all the feedback because Lockie's once i gave Lockie the context um he wanted all the pre-production documents as well so he could familiarize himself with it so then he's going to reread the script and give me proper feedback like that mm. then after that i'm going to have another meeting with my co creator um and then see what we do from there then start rewriting it and just get it perfect because i'm in no rush yeah so i have your thing and then you know i'll get mine done maybe like middle towards late next year so that's basically what i've uh, been up to my friend very good yeah and uh i think we'll just leave it there yeah let's wrap it up i believe it there should we reset the camera just for the i I think it still has five minutes left because we reset it at oh five okay so Wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Dan, what are we going to do? Cool. We're going to tie a little bow in this episode. Amazing. And thank you so much for joining us. Round of applause. Thank you, Anya. Thank you, thank you Anya. <laughs> it's been absolutely fantastic. Did you enjoy yourself? Yes. I yes. Fantastic. We'll get you back on. We have to. 
Yeah. We, we with, need, with Austin. He loves with, action oh, films. Dude. Oh, dude. You and Austin go. In one, yeah. one of his favourite movies is The Raid. Yeah. So, well, if not the... So good. Like, My the dad went to see a screening of it, a double bill of the first and second one at the Prince Charles Cinema in London uh, last week and met Gareth Evans. Oh, oh my God. Movie. Austin yeah. would die. Yeah, absolutely. He's got big things coming. It's just been um, held off for the strikes, but I adore for Gareth sure. Evans. Yeah. Amazing. Modern, absolute genius. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Dan, we'll catch you guys next week. If you want to catch us, the full podcast, the pre-production meeting on Spotify, YouTube, uh, the pre-prod pod on Instagram and uh, not really TikTok, but Instagram. Um, that's where you'll catch us and we will see you next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye.